Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Want to give us a pat on the back. Nobody else does, so we may as well do it, right, Corey? Sure. Uh, Kaylee in Australia, who listens to us on Apple Podcasts, said she gave us a five-star rating, says everyone should listen to this podcast. Amazing, life-changing, and life-saving information. That was very nice of her. And we have people who have rated us on Spotify. We have 49 rating out of five. So we're still looking for that one person who didn't rate us a five, and we'll track that one down. But here's one, Corey. I love this one. This is from Marvin. He's a Canadian-Australian who is now in New Zealand. He says, hi, Corey and Ian. Corey, I see you as the Mother Teresa of the natural world. Aww. Thank you both for performing such a life-saving service, Mother Teresa. You could just call me mother, Ian. It's fine. Mother, yeah. I'll call you a mother, all right. Ah. <laughs> okay. Now, to our guest, and I readily admit that I know absolutely nothing about ovarian cancer, so I looked it up and found some interesting information. This type of cancer is the eighth most common type of cancer in women worldwide. Ovarian cancer mainly develops in older women, with about half the women diagnosed being 63 years of age and older. Well, our guest today was nowhere near that age when she was diagnosed with stage 3 highly aggressive ovarian cancer last year at the age of 29. And joining us from the UK to tell her story is Grace. Grace doesn't want us to use her last name, so we won't. We always respect that. A few of the symptoms, Grace, of ovarian cancer are pelvic or abdominal pain, loss of appetite, frequent urination, and bloating, just to name a few. Were you experiencing any of those? Weirdly enough, I really wasn't. A lot of ovarian cancer symptoms are quite vague. And it came to me, it was kind of like part and parcel of almost being a woman. So... Mm. It was kind of like floating on and around, you know, when I was like having my time of the month and I was having stomach pain for a little while, but nothing that would make me stop in my tracks and think there's something very, very wrong with me. And like this whole experience has taught me to really listen to my body because if I really had been, it probably would have been caught earlier than it was, I think. But I was kind of fobbed off by my GP. For about a year, I was back and forth with my doctor um, and I was being tested for things like Crohn's or IBS or things that were like associated with my like digestive system because I was having like belly pet problems, I suppose. But not, everything was coming back with like nothing. I was fine to the point where I thought it was just in my head and I was going a bit crazy until one day I woke up in the morning and I kind of like stood up. And I felt something in my stomach, in my stomach, and I looked down, and I had a huge lump 
protruding out of my tummy, like an enormous one. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, oh, something is very, very wrong here. So I took myself to the hospital and had an ultrasound. And as soon as she kind of started scanning my stomach, she was like, no, there's something very wrong here. And it kind of all snowballed from there. And a week later, I was told I had cancer, essentially. So it was mad, mad time. Yeah. Well, tell me about the day the doctor told you that you had stage three ovarian cancer. So I had a few more scans kind of lined up. um, And for a while, they were telling me it was just a big cyst that would need removing by a surgery because it was that big and then I remember being set up with an appointment with a doctor it was called like Mr something as opposed to doctor and I remember thinking that's a bit weird and I kind of googled it and I googled this man's name it came back that he was a cancer surgeon so at that point before I was even told at that point I was like oh god so I went into the appointment with my husband and he sort of said I am 99% sure that the mass on your ovary is a malignant tumour and we need to give you a full hysterectomy to get rid of it. And he said it's so big, it's kind of impacting all the organs in my abdomen. So I was scheduled for that massive surgery a few days later. And it was such a whirlwind. I never even had time to kind of really think about it. I kind of was just scared of the word cancer and scared mm. of dying so I was like yeah do do whatever you need to do without ever really really thinking about what was going to happen do you know what I mean like it was really scary it, it my decisions were purely based on fear and giving all of my power over to the doctors at that at that time I think well, I think one of the one of the things about this, Grace, is that when you woke up that morning and you had this massive lump in your stomach, I mean, that grew overnight, really, because you didn't have it when you went to bed, right? Well, apparently it was it was in there. I th- I don't know what had happened in the night, but it was sticking out with me the next day. Um, yeah. When I had surgery, when I came round, they told me that the tumour was 15 centimetres big and it weighed five pounds. So oh. it's almost almost like the size of like a baby. Um, yeah. Wow. And yeah, so that was scary that that was in me, inside me without me really knowing. That was really, really scary. And it was also like a really hard time because, you know, I'm only 29. Well, I was only 29 and having a hysterectomy takes away um everything all of your Mm -hmm. your reproductive organs thankfully i've got one little girl it was a really like horrible and hard time it really was in the notes that you sent us you said you were railroaded into conventional treatment and surgery elaborate on that so like i kind of said i was just kind of like existing on fear and Mm -hmm. i was just going on Google, looking at statistics, looking at my prognosis in quote marks and was just like, yeah, I'm just want to do everything the hospital tell me to do because I am I was so scared, which is why I kind of rushed into having this massive operation. I started chemotherapy three weeks after that. And again, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. It was kind of like, here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. 
And I said, okay, yeah, that's fine. And it wasn't until I was pretty much done with chemo, actually, that I started, I, I call it like an awakening. And I kind of had this awakening that there must, there must be more. I need to take some, some control back here and I need to take some ownership of what I'm doing with my health and my healing. And that's what kind of started me on the kind of route towards cannabis, I suppose. Tell us how you got involved with cannabis. So I've always kind of, not, not that I've, I haven't always done cannabis, but I've had cannabis previously just smoking it like as a young person. But I didn't really understand or acknowledge the healing benefits of cannabis. And I, when I was doing chemo, I was doing lots and lots of research. And I came across like a community of people online that had healed themselves through lots of alternative means. And through that, I kind of discovered all these different protocols that are out there. And there are a lot, isn't there? There's a lot, a lot of cancer survivors out there have a lot of advice to give and a lot of stories to kind of share and it's so strange but a lot of it came from social media so I found out so I I kind of understood that CBD and THC oils were really beneficial and because I live in the UK it's really hard to get hold of like the right type of cannabis product because it's illegal and if you do buy it from just a dodgy dealer on the corner you don't really know what you're getting and I was a bit like I wanted to try it I didn't know how to go about doing it so I was learning as much as I could online a lot of it came from America so a lot of the advice was from America but it was hard to then get hold of where I lived and I was just scrolling through all this and I had it like notifications on all of my like platforms so like on Instagram I was like looking at hashtags to do with it and I was on TikTok and I remember scrolling through TikTok one day and there was a video of a lady that had cervical cancer and was told that she was terminal and to kind of go home and get her affairs in order she was a young girl she was British and she said that she had found something called uh, Rick Simpson oil and she said that she kind of decided to start taking it because what did she kind of have to lose? And anyway, she's here today and she is in remission. She's cancer free. And I remember watching that and being like, I need to get this bloody oil, like heaven or high water. I'm getting this oil somehow. So I reached out to this girl, just random social media person. and was like, tell me everything I need to save my life here and she kind of put me in touch with the right people let's say and I've never I've never looked back it's the best it's the best decision I've ever made I think for myself and my family well it was certainly the best decision for Corey Ellen too because uh, I mean if Corey hadn't tried cannabis oil and it was almost 11 years ago now Corey right yeah, almost 11 years ago. Actually, I'm coming up pretty quick on the anniversary where they told me I had two to four months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that'll be a 12 years since they told me I had two to four months. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you, you made the right decision, Grace. And I'm interested. Tell us about taking the cannabis oil. How did uh, that impact you? So, I... 
ordered the Rick Simpson oil. So it kind of comes in like a, a sludge, doesn't it? As opposed to kind of like like an oil, like CBD oil that you drop. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like following this like protocol that I was sent with it about working your way up to a gram a day. I started it after I finished chemotherapy. So I was told I'd finished chemo and I was told I was officially no evidence of disease. But I think I might have said in the email that I sent, my cancer markers were still quite high. Um, so whilst there was no visible disease, why were my cancer markers high? Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was not I was not prepared to kind of just willingly be like, yeah, I'm cancer free because it, all the tests came back that, that it didn't point to that. Um, but the hospital and the NHS, I mean, it's amazing in this country. We've got the NHS. But it's very, very stretched. And it all depends on where you live. And it depends on where you live to what treatment you get. And unfortunately, the, where my postcode is, I wasn't eligible for any further treatment after chemotherapy. So I felt like I was just being like left, so to speak. So I still had high cancer markers and they had no further treatment for me. And it was a really scary time because, you know, because I'd given all of my power over to the doctors, all of a sudden they were like, bye. (laughs) And I felt like I was a ticking time bomb for it to just reappear because it was going to, wasn't it? So that's when I started taking the oil. And at first I really struggled with it. Like it really, really put me on my ass. I was like, yeah, it just... I was absolutely wasted, like off my face <laughs> all the time, groggy, <laughs> sleeping. You kind of like build up a tolerance. So I stuck with it and kind of like carried on with it until it was almost like seconds. Like I didn't even notice it um, anymore. And it was it's really hard because it's so easy to like want to give up because it stops you mm. kind of in those early days, it stops you kind of like living your day-to-day life really because you're so out of it and but I kind of stuck with it I started taking it like before bed and things like that so you just adjust it and so when I started it my cancer markers were in their 40s still where anything under 35 is considered normal when I was diagnosed they were in the thousands so it, it comes down a lot but it was still higher than it should be so I've only had uh cannabis and cannabis oil since that time and they're now down to three so they were down to six when I sent you that email and now they're at three which is like wow yeah it's it is absolutely incredible my oncologist is is in disbelief about the whole thing and she tried telling me it was still the chemo in my system I finished chemo 10 months ago it's not chemo in my system is it like it's really really not so I'm so pleased I did it I'm so pleased and I feel brilliant for it as well Grace did you do all of the dosing orally and how much did you get up to in a day I did do it all orally I did see some things um there's like a group on Facebook for it and I saw some things about different ways to take it but I didn't really understand how to do it so I know you can kind of like take it up your bum I suppose but I wasn't sure how to do that because it kind of got delivered to me just like in a syringe Mm -hmm. type thing so I just kept taking it orally and I got up to a gram a day 
And once my cancer markers kind of tipped off, I then lessened it a little bit. Because whilst I was feeling okay, I was still like not wholly present, let's say. And obviously I've got a now I've got a now four year old, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit wasted. Yeah. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Uh and I did like I went back to work and things like that. So I kind of had to like shake myself a little bit to kind of carry on. Um but now I just kind of like take a maintenance dose every day and it's it's still doing its job. Like my markers are still going down and I feel brilliant. Okay. Now did you change your diet at all? I did, yeah. So I I incorporated a few things. So one of the first things to go was sugar. Um so sugar went completely. I also went vegan for a while, like raw vegan for a while, but I found that really, really difficult to manage particularly because I've got like a young family and it's just, it just all got a bit hard, but I just stick to very healthy, clean eating now, but with no sugar um, and trying to keep as alkaline as possible. So, I mean, like I'm still human I slip up every now and then, but 99% of the time I'm quite strict with it because in my mind, like my life, my life depends on it. And like, I would prefer to have a long and happy life ahead of me than eating you know mcdonald's every day right just curious do you practice that with your daughter too not giving her a whole bunch of sugar then or or is that sort of a little different yeah i do now so before i was diagnosed i wasn't the healthiest of people you know and i i had a very stressful busy life so we had a lot of kind of convenience food that's all gone for me my daughter and my husband none of us have that anymore Obviously, she's only little, so she has the odd ice cream or, or whatever. But, um, no, I would never, like, happily give her that type of food ever again. Her behaviour is so much better. It's crazy. Like, she's just, you know, it's such a direct link. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're doing everything that successful people we've interviewed have done in terms of taking the cannabis oil and specifically changing their diet and eliminating as much sugar from their diet as they possibly can. And uh, did you lose any weight? Um, yeah, I did. So uh, when I was on chemo, I actually gained loads of weight, which really oh. surprised me. Because um, when I thought about having chemo, I was like, well, at least I'll be skinny. I did not get skinny. <laughs> I just got really, really fat. I think that's because they pump you full of steroids. Yes. So you're, you're just starving all the time. So once I started, I changed my diet. I did. The weight came off. But it was a really weird one because the cannabis oil also made me quite hungry. <laughs> so I was constantly, you know, like eating like mountains of like carrots and hummus <laughs> because I was just like really hungry. But I needed to eat something like healthy. Um right. But that it was, it was the cannabis oil and the diet, I think, that those two in conjunction um, and also kind of like your mindset and your like mental well-being. I think all of those things are like the three pillars that have helped me heal myself. Um, and when I listen to your podcast or, you know, I do research online, it seems to be a real, like you said, like there's a real theme mm -hmm. amongst people that want to heal themselves. 
so yeah it makes me feel that puts more confidence in me that I'm doing the right thing and I'm on the right track. Does your doctor know that you use cannabis and if so what's their reaction? She does know she's not best pleased about it she thinks there's no there's no science or anything behind that it, it makes any difference she's really in the camp that it, it will do nothing but harm me and I just have to say you know I respectfully disagree with you. So. I love your dog jumping on. <laughs> my dog's just decided to attack me thank you but yeah so she's my oncologist is not but like the numbers speak for themselves and every time I go in I'm like look at me I'm smashing it aren't I <laughs> but you know I keep it to a minimum now I'm in and out of the cancer center I hate it so get it over as quick as possible yeah you know you're not going to going to change their mind are you no but no. you know I I believe like this time last year or even no this time a year and a half ago if you were wearing a white coat, I would believe you implicitly. And now that is not the case at all. Good for you. In taking the cannabis oil, did you notice any other beneficial health effects? Um, yeah, I did. So my mood is so much better. It helps my anxiety. It, it helps with everything. I think it helped my hair grow back quicker. I don't know whether that's a proven science fact, but I can't, you know, I feel like it helped. I've got more energy. I ache less because obviously where I had a hysterectomy, I went straight into surgical menopause, which at 29 was awful. But mm-hmm. I barely feel the effects of it. So I don't have hot flashes anymore. I am not achy. I've got, you know, I go to the gym. I move my body every day. Um, so I, all I see as just benefits of it, I would just urge I would urge anyone um, to give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, you get high and you have fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do members of your family know what you did in yes, taking cannabis oil? My close members do. Um, so, like my husband, uh, my mum, and dad. So, my dad actually had bladder cancer about a year or so before I was diagnosed. So um, my dad is now on um, cannabis oil and he's on no sugar <laughs> and he's on he's on this journey with me um, and we're both Good. doing really well. Yeah. So he's coming well, along fine? Yeah, he's doing really, really well. He's doing brilliantly. Yeah. How does he like getting high? Yeah, I think, I think he was quite... Um, conditioned from it from when he was like younger <laughs> so to speak I don't think it I don't think he got quite as high as I did um but you know it he says it helps and it helps him sleep and it helps the pain and yeah it's just it's just good and I think you said before we kind of started like the UK are so behind the times when it comes mm-hmm. to cannabis and it really is frustrating especially when you know, like when I go to my cancer center and right next to it, we've got the adults one and then we've got the pediatrics one. And you see all these children um, that are you know, sick and frail and they look like they're dying. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just feel like I just want to be like, you know, so it's, it's stuff like that. But yeah, I just wish 
that we would we would get in there with it maybe one day yeah we posted a podcast uh about this couple in new zealand their 20 month old son named george developed uh cancer uh leukemia actually and uh, he was on chemo for two and a half years and uh, but but after several months of chemo his parents uh, started researching and got him on cannabis oil and uh, mother was saying that at the chemo center he was running around in the halls having fun while the other kids were you know as you said they look like death warmed over yeah I, mean, I, be- I believe i absolutely believe it because i think if i was a parent in that situation i wouldn't i wouldn't hesitate now and i would mm-hmm. i would not hesitate sharing my opinion with anyone <laughs> that's got mm-hmm. a poorly child um you know the start the start the the i don't know the data may not be there because you know that's not going to make any money for anyone is it but there are, I would say, thousands and thousands and thousands of testimonials if you look for them. You know, Corey's one. Like, there there are people everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I think it's brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. There are tens of thousands of cannabis studies. When doctors say there are no studies, they say that because they don't know themselves. They haven't looked into it. There are tens of thousands of cannabis studies and it's been studied for for decades and it's been used for thousands of years. And I want to ask you a question and I, I know the answer. If you had to go back and do it again, would you start cannabis oil and not undertake chemo? Yes. Uh, 1,000%. Um, I've already had this conversation, like within my family. Like, if this cancer, I mean, touch wood, were to ever come back, I would not go down conventional routes. That would not be my first choice. No way. I would just up the oil, get really strict with my protocols. I would rein everything right in, and I would just spend however long it took to heal myself the way that. I know that our bodies can with the right help. And for like most cancers, chemotherapy and radiation and stuff, is not a cure, you know? No. And I, chemotherapy is brutal. I, I wouldn't want to do it again anyway. <laughs> it absolutely yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. Will, will you continue taking this for the rest of your life, do you think, every single day for the rest of your life? or? Yes, I will. I absolutely will. It's part of like, you know, like when me and my husband do our monthly bills, it's on there. <laughs> You know, as one of the necessities, it's it's like it's just another bill I'm paying. Like I do my food shopping or I pay my mortgage. It's mm-hmm. right there on it because it's so important. Um, you know, and if I, you know, if my husband ever got ill, or my daughter ever got ill, I feel like I would take different routes even then, even if it wasn't cancer. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just think it's so it's so powerful. Oh, yeah. We've interviewed people who have given children uh, cannabis oil and uh, pregnant women uh, who have taken cannabis uh, through their pregnancy and their their children are fine. We even had a couple of people who have given it to their animals. And one woman who gave (laughs) 
Remember Corey, the woman who gave her, was it her cat or her dog, her uh, one yeah. gram a day? Yeah, Lynn. <laughs> Lynn was one? on? No, Charlie. Charlie was her name, yes. Yeah. Gave her cat one gram a day and it lasted an extra two years. See, there must be yeah. something in it, right? Yep. I think but so. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, you know, in this business, it's always follow the money. Oh, exactly. And um, I also, oh, before I go, I saw a video of a man with Parkinson's before yep. and after he had cannabis oil, and it was like a different person. Mm. Um, and that's an incurable illness that is just degenerative and helps get more and more poorly. And he was able to have a conversation and he was crying with absolute joy and happiness. And it's, you know, like it's just transformed his life. Like it's, you know, it's just amazing. It's really, really, I'm so happy that I found it. it yeah, it's transformed your life, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has. It really, really has. Yeah. Grace, it was great to hear your story and thank you for sharing your story with people. I'm sure others will be inspired and uh, you've just by sharing your story, I think you've helped someone somewhere around the world. And we thank you for that. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already. And we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. It helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Chicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.